Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Kicking Ice. I'm your host, Eamon Smith. We are here to talk all things hockey on the plains and beyond. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. A little bit of an Auburn hockey primer for the people who aren't as familiar with the program, followed up by some Auburn hockey talk about their big weekend series in Macon. Then moving on to a little bit of discussion elsewhere in the conference, talking about FAU, how they've risen to power since joining the conference in 2019-2020, and then finally wrapping up the show with our weekly interview segment with an Auburn hockey player. This week's guest is going to be assistant captain Brandon Weiss, a senior on the team. Should be an interesting show. Let's jump right in here. So let's start talking a little bit about the history behind Auburn hockey. Where do they play? Who do they play against? People don't know these things, partly because the SCCHC's website is a little bit of a mess. We'll talk about what that is in a second. Uh, and partly just because the team website is still lacking some of that basic information, hopefully as the season goes on and we run into Christmas break here, the team staff will have some time to fix some of those problems. But for now, as your friendly radio show host, I can take care of some of the questions for you. So Auburn Hockey is a club hockey team. This is not a Division One, Division Two, or Division Three team. This is not something run by the NCAA. This is run by Auburn Club Sports. They play within a club hockey league called the Collegiate Hockey Federation. This is a league that spans all across the United States, uh, not just specific to the South, and centralized in Pennsylvania, but just all over the place. You can look them up online if you look up the CHF and then hockey on Google. Or if you look up Collegiate Hockey Federation, they will come up. The league has three different levels based upon the level of play that the team is providing, as well as the amount of school support behind the program. There are numerous factors in this, but there's Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Uh, Auburn plays at the Division Two level, as does the rest of their conference. The conference itself being known as the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference, the SECHC, clearly taking a little bit of inspiration on that name from the SEC of college athletics under the NCAA. But an interesting mix of teams here in the SECHC. Uh, not your prototypical names that you would associate necessarily with the SEC itself. There's some SEC teams that either don't have programs or are elevated above Division II, which is the level of competition that the SECHC is at. Uh, for example, I believe Arkansas is Division I only, and they do not play in the SECHC as a result. Uh, normally, they would be involved in the conference. I believe previously they were a conference team, but now they are no longer part of the SECHC. The teams in the conference currently are as follows. You have the Georgia Ice Dogs, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Florida Atlantic Owls, uh, interesting addition right there, South Carolina Gamecocks, also known as Cock Hockey, Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders, uh, the Clemson Tigers, a little bit of an in-state rivalry going on between them and South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, the Florida Gators, Alabama, the Frozen Tide, the Crimson Tide, whatever you want to call them, Tennessee, the Ice Falls, Vanderbilt, the Commodores, 
Lynn, a newer uh, addition to the conference, Kennesaw State, Florida State, and the UAH Chargers, as well as your Auburn Tigers. So that's the different competition that you face within the conference. There's some more established teams like Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, FAU, while a newcomer to the conference, has had a program for 20 years. South Carolina is a longtime team. Ole Miss, longtime team. Alabama has been in the conference for a long time. Uh, they've been a dominant program for periods. And then also Auburn has been around since the 2010 season. So that's a brief history of the league there. Now moving on to how the postseason works. So the top eight teams in the SEC HC by standings, points percentage. Uh, points percentage, just a brief explanation on how that works in hockey. If you go to overtime and the teams, uh, let's, let's say you lose in overtime. A win is worth two points. A loss is worth no points. An overtime loss is worth one point. Ties also count as one point in the SEC HC uh, because students are not going to play past regulation for a long time. They've got to get back home on these road trips. Usually they're out late and then they get home early in the morning, traveling all over the country by bus. This is not the NHL where you have a private jet to take you places. So, in the interest of keeping games brief, you do have ties, but you get a point for a tie or an overtime loss. You receive two points for a win, no points for a loss. The top eight teams will qualify in terms of points percentage for the SEC HC conference tournament, sort of like the conference tournament in SEC basketball. The winner of this wins the SEC HC Cup. That is the postseason. This functions as a single elimination bracket, similar to March Madness uh, or the SEC tournament. So uh, very, very similar in that regard. I believe there is maybe a consolation or loser's bracket, but they do not have an opportunity to play for the championship. The most recent winner of the college hockey, uh, or not the college hockey, but the SEC HC championship is, last I checked, the Ole Miss Rebels. Good for them. Uh, a team that Auburn ran up into after defeating South Carolina in double overtime for their first ever postseason win in program history back in 2019. Uh, Auburn eventually loses to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss goes on to win the championship. Uh, just a little bit of background for you there. Now then, in terms of league play for championship, there's the Federal Cup, which is played in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There are 32 qualifying teams. They're seeded into eight pools of four teams uh, by a combination of conference play, standings, and then the MHR regional rankings, which are basically like the old BCH, uh, or BCS rankings, where it's a combination of input from the league as well as uh, computer rankings based upon different statistics that are tracked. So, when we talk about Georgia's ranked whatever, or Auburn is ranked whatever, that's what we are referring to, is the MHR final rankings, or the national rankings, whatever you want to call them. Uh, currently, Auburn's sitting at number 23, but we'll get to that a little later in the show. Qualifying teams uh, go through four different rounds. So, there's pool play, where you play within your four-team pool, then the quarterfinals, where you move on from there, semifinals, and then a medal round, 
the medal round, you play for bronze, silver, gold. Sort of Olympic style in that regard. Uh, Auburn has never made the national tournament. I don't, to my knowledge, know of an SCCHC team winning the national tournament. So whoever does that for the first time will be a team to make history. And we've got some good teams in the conference this year. So it might be a chance to see that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's sort of a brief overview of the way that hockey in the SCCHC works. And when we come back from the break, we will get into our favorite SCCHC team, the Auburn Tigers, had a big weekend in Macon. Worth talking about the outcomes of those games and what they mean implying for the rest of the season. So we'll be back after the break. Welcome back from the break. If you missed that first segment of the show, we talked a little bit about the way that the club hockey conferences and leagues function, specifically the Collegiate Hockey Federation which Auburn plays within as a league, and then the SCCHC, the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference, Auburn's conference that they play within. Let's talk a little bit about some SCCHC play here. Uh, Auburn had a big weekend going on the road to Macon to play in the Macon Coliseum Veterans Cup for the first time ever. This is the first time this tournament has been played. Just a uh, three-game slate between some different SCCHC teams not anything too fancy. Played where the Macon uh, Coliseum is stationed. Nice big barn, lots of seats, and benefiting uh, veterans. Great cause, especially on Veterans Day weekend. Excellent stuff that Auburn's been engaged with, and the partners for this tournament were Georgia Tech, Florida State, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Just a great weekend for SECHC hockey great benefit that they put on there and hopefully this is a tournament that we see for a long time going forward as an annual event but moving on to just sort of talk about the results that we saw this weekend Auburn goes on to defeat the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets six to two big game for Auburn Georgia Tech is not a team to sneeze at they are now currently after that loss ranked number 20 in the country but later that weekend they go on to beat uh, currently ranked number three, Georgia, 4-2. to two. So this is a good team. They've beaten good programs. They defeated Liberty a little while ago. Uh, Georgia Tech, good goaltending, some solid forward depth, have some nice punch up front. Really tells you a lot about Auburn that they were able to take a decisive victory over a program this good. And Auburn getting an outright victory over Georgia Tech and going 2-0 on the weekend, which a little bit of a spoiler there, but ends up getting them the trophy. They are the first ever winners of the Macon Coliseum Veterans Memorial Cup. So congrats to the Auburn Tigers. Good for them. Awesome win. I mean, this is a statement win for Auburn over Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets are towards the top of the conference in terms of overall standings. They've played a lot of games. They're going to be more seasoned than a lot of the opponents that Auburn plays for the rest of the year. They had them after traveling a lot longer, making not exactly particularly close to Atlanta, but certainly closer than Auburn is, at least from my recollection. So a little bit of a road weariness factor there, but Auburn still pulls out a big win there. I mean, impressive stuff from this team. Exciting going into a road slate against South Carolina that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. That's a tough place to play. Going in and getting some big wins 
to rack up those conference wins and get some confidence against a quality opponent like Georgia Tech. It's just the stuff you want to see at this point in the season. Credit to Coach Marcel Richard for getting his guys prepared to and having them locked in coming off of that tough overtime loss against Georgia. But really, I mean, great win for Auburn. But the story of the weekend that everybody has been talking about on social media, I mean, Auburn's official account, the Auburn hockey team's official account on Twitter has been going crazy with retweets and comments like, oh my gosh, is that a real score? Is Auburn 22, Florida State 4. I mean, wow. Ouch. That's a football score right there. Uh, Auburn puts up 22 on a Florida State team that had 15 total players in this game. A little bit of a clown show. I mean, you have to kind of ask yourself at some point, where is the line for sportsmanship? Uh, you you got to be out there doing the three-pass rule. Just pass it three times before you take a shot. Don't Don't go out there trying to rack up goals at some point. I mean, you're just embarrassing the other team, making them feel bad. It's not it's not a very sportsmanlike display. At the same time though, I can kind of understand the mentality of uh Auburn was uncertain whether or not Georgia was going to lose to Georgia Tech and if the two teams had the same record of 2 and 0, goal differential was going to be the deciding factor. So racking up the goals there, I I guess is a reasonable decision but I mean there were four hat tricks in this game it was a mess uh and three of them for Auburn uh Chuck Bay with five goals now increasing his his total to uh be up there for the team lead uh Matthew Avery puts up four in this game and then the captain Blake Robeson tallies three but this this was 9-1 to one at the end of the first period. This game was clearly over before it even began. I mean, ouch. But can't be too critical of Auburn for just going out there and playing hard, even though there is a line to draw on sportsmanship. Uh, that's not really my call. I'm not a player. Uh, just would like to maybe see them slow down the pace a little bit and not go out there just to completely, I guess, scorched earth the team. Uh, funny social media post afterwards, though, with the guy posing in front of the tombstone with the Florida State logo on it. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, all in good fun. Clearly, this team talking to the players afterwards, they don't have any a special animosity towards Florida State. This was not an act of malice. It was just, we think that we need to score more goals because Georgia might put up a lot on uh, the Yellow Jackets in this game, and Georgia went on to beat Florida State 13 to nothing. So, uh, I mean, Florida State was going to get blown out regardless. It's just a question of how blown out were they going to get. But, yeah, that, that moves Auburn now to being ranked 23rd nationally, which is pretty interesting, especially considering that they're second in the SECHC in points percentage. I'm a little bit surprised that they are ranked that low. But for some reason, the composite rankings, the computer system, doesn't really like the way that they've played. I'm unsure as to why. Some of that probably has to do with the fact that they have a tie with Florida State, who is considered probably one of the three worst teams in the conference, for good reason, as you can tell by this score. But 
I, I'm a little bit shocked by that because, I mean, they beat a good Georgia Tech team. They have an overtime loss to a really good Georgia team that they played close. They went up 2-0 on. And then outside of that, they're undefeated. They wiped the floor with Tennessee, who, I mean, granted, not a very good program this season, but still two in-conference wins and decisive in-conference wins. And then now you, you've gone and beaten a good Georgia Tech team, and I'm somehow missing a couple of other wins. But, uh, yeah, this, this is a good Auburn team. They have, I mean, no doubt in my mind that they will make the SEC tournament. If they don't, that'd be a pretty rough collapse towards the end of the season. But talented, talented roster, and I think while the final score is a little bit embarrassing, that is reflective of the fact that this team, when they get it going, can score at will. And they dropped six on a good defensive Georgia Tech team. So uh, going into a competitive weekend series against South Carolina, this is a big deal. Getting that confidence, getting your skates kind of under you a little bit better. And I'm sure they will not be lacking for confidence in that locker room after putting up a 22 spot on a team. So let's talk a little bit about that weekend series. Auburn going on the road to play in Columbia in the Plex, one of the most intimidating atmospheres in all of collegiate club hockey. This is going to be a rough test, and I think it's also going to be kind of questionable whether or not the players are going to be able to completely maintain focus, given that Auburn also playing South Carolina in football on Saturday that weekend. So Auburn playing South Carolina in that first game on the 19th, and then following that up on the 20th with a game against South Carolina, both in the Plex. I believe that the game on the 19th is going to be a night game, and then the game on the 20th will be an afternoon game. But Great experience for Auburn fans. If you want to travel out there, you get to go watch Auburn football, probably on a pretty cheap ticket, and then watch some Auburn hockey. Uh, Tickets are a little bit hard to get in terms of getting into the Plex. It's usually packed out. This is a place where they sell out tickets within minutes. Um, The fan base is rabid. They have a reputation for being a little bit, I don't want to say disgusting, but vulgar. They, They have sort of the cloud around them as the Eagles fans of the SEC HC, which as an Eagles fan myself, I take pride in being a horrible mess during football games, but uh, their their conduct at the rink is rowdy, to say the least. SC also not a joke of a team either. This is a team that has eight wins under their belt. They are coming off of a really rough loss this past week to FAU gave up seven goals, but FAU, as we'll talk about a little later in the show, good team. So nothing to sneeze at there. Uh, The best of the league has lost to FAU and in some lopsided fashion too. So SC has also beaten Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they, They have that crazy home crowd. Auburn has had some trouble handling that team at different times in their history. There's a little bit of animosity between the two sides, especially after Auburn knocked out a very good South Carolina team that expected to contend for the SEC championship in 2019 
in that double overtime classic. You can go watch the replay of that game on South Carolina's YouTube channel. But uh, in terms of players to watch going into this game, things to watch for, Auburn has had a bad habit of taking their foot off the gas in the second period. And I think that is, if you're a fan, your main concern when you go and watch SC. They had no problem keeping the pedal to the metal against Georgia Tech and obviously against Florida State. That was never an issue. But in, when you get into these games against tougher conference opponents and you're on the road like this, it's a little bit easy to maybe you go up a couple goals and then let off the gas. Auburn's got to play a full 60 minutes in this game. And I think that's the issue that they've had plaguing them for most of the season is there will be periods that they take off. Or there will be periods where it's maybe not an effort thing, but it's just a they come out of the locker room a little flat, uh, particularly when they have a lead. They start to turtle up a little bit, play more conservative. And while I don't think that, you know, you should be trying stretch passes or crazy dangles when you're up two to nothing, you should be trying to increase that lead, but do it in a smart manner. At the same time, you see them start to ease off a little bit on forechecking aggression when it comes to going down in the boards and getting the puck. So, want to see a little bit more consistency on that end from them this weekend. Other than that, though, all things seem to be clicking pretty well. Credit to the coaches for getting these guys ready. Credit for the guys for putting in the work and practice, too. So, that's kind of your overview of what's going on in Auburn hockey this week. When we come back... We will talk about the rise of a new power within the SECHC, how it occurred, the history of this team, who the players that you should be watching out for are, and a little bit more on how they relate to Auburn as well. So coming back from the break, we'll talk about all that. Welcome back from the break. Here with me for our annual interview segment is Mr. Brandon Weiss, assistant captain of the Auburn hockey team, longtime veteran, one of the leading scorers, and I'm just glad to have him in the studio with me today. Coming off of a week where you had to miss some time due to some illness, unfortunate, but uh, now you get to talk some hockey with me, so excited to have you here. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So kind of walk us through what you've been dealing with recently. Uh, I mean, had to miss traveling to Macon with the boys, uh, missed those games against Georgia Tech and Florida State. Uh, how's how's that been treating you? Yeah, I, I was sick all last week, so I missed both practices and then wasn't able to travel with the boys, and I'm still just trying to get back to 100%. But, you know, you opened up the segment saying leading scorer, not anymore after after I sat out for the Florida State game. All the fellas <laughs> kind of passed me just – you, yeah, I, it's going to be so funny because like all the guys are going to have like nine or nine points or whatever in seven games like as the average and then I'm just going to be at the bottom with my four points in six games life can be cruel sometimes and it's tough that you missed out on that opportunity against Florida State but you know it, it happens uh, and I don't think that point totals necessarily dictate how good of a hockey player you are anybody pretty much can tell you that so uh I doubt that you're going to have people looking at the stat sheet and being like, oh, Brandon Weiss, he's he's bad. He's the worst player on the team. Yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hoping that you're good enough to uh, go for this game in terms of health, but 
upcoming weekend series in Columbia against the South Carolina Gamecocks, cock hockey as they are known. Uh, that's a tough place to play. This is an arena that sells out their tickets within a couple minutes of posting them online. There's a resale market, which is unheard of in club hockey. There are people who will trade football tickets to get club hockey tickets for the Clemson games in South Carolina at the Plex. That's an electric uh, arena to play in. Can you just kind of walk us through some experiences that you've had there in the past as a guy who's been at Auburn for some time now? Yeah, so we played there two years ago, and it is an absolute madhouse. So, I mean, we get there, and we, we take the ice for warm-ups, and then uh, their student section is, like, right behind where we're warming up. It's like it's, it's on our side, you know, behind our goalie. And um, so, you know, we're standing doing the horseshoe drills, and I'm standing there kind of along the glass, and, and uh, one of the fans, one of the students, like, just taps on the glass, and I'm like, uh, whatever. And then he, like, he, like, bangs on the glass again. I'm, so I'm like, okay. Like, I look over, I give him some attention, and then he just yells obscenities right in my face. Like, I, I thought he genuinely wanted to say something to me, but no, he didn't have anything nice to say. And then... Um, so the game's going on, and I guess the student section might have might have pulled up. I guess they, they must have started pulling up, like, our individual players' Instagrams because they, they started knowing everybody's first name, or they might have pulled up the roster or something. But uh, they're going through our Instagrams, I think, because they, they figure out who JJ's dad is. And JJ's dad's watching the game in, in the arena. He's, he's along the glass. And they're, they start a chant that's bleep JJ's dad. And he's just standing there watching the game and just totally dumbfounded. And it, it and it's just him by himself and just all the students just being totally rambunctious, just yelling obscenities about JJ's dad. And then, you know, there was one time we had a defensive zone faceoff and I was going to take the draw. And um, they start chanting, Brandon likes fat chicks over and over. And I'm, I'm thinking at the draw, I'm like, do my post, you know, have I posted a picture with any, you know, plus size women? I, I like, in my you know mine's totally off the game but uh it's just kind of funny so it's just super hostile environment and uh just totally rambunctious they stack beer cans like in a pyramid um behind our 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 goal um and you know it's just you you want to knock them down so bad but you know you don't want to be you don't want to embarrass yourself so like the Clemson guy did in that one video (laughs) for those who haven't seen that go look that up it's Classic. Uh, SC fans are rowdy, putting it lightly. And, I mean, they'll they'll take – I mean, you could weigh nothing and they'd start calling you something. So uh, they'd start making fun of your weight. So I, I wouldn't be too shocked by that. But uh, that's, that's an interesting place to play. Definitely indicative of how club hockey in the South has really grown. I think that's – Probably the thing that's most worthy of praise about SC is this is a program that, as you've often said, is kind of pushing on the frontiers of what teams can do on social media. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about what you think of that, what they've done well, uh, and what you can kind of appreciate about SC as a program? Yeah, they're kind of, you know, blazing the trail for the rest of us um, as far as their social media. um, uh, what's, What's the word? Their social media presence, sorry. Um, like their, their TikTok has 
a ton ton of views and a, a ton of followers. And there's there's guys that like I grew up playing hockey with, or maybe and maybe they didn't come play club hockey in the southeast, but they like they like know cock hockey. They're like, oh, you play against those guys, like their their TikTok's really funny or something like that. And then you know they get really good engagement on their Instagram and have a bunch of followers on that. And so we kind of we kind of look to take the good things that they do and and apply them to uh, our brand. Um, and ho- hoping to grow our brand as well, which we've seen a, a massive increase in this season. Definitely. I mean, it's <laughs> their their Instagram cracks me up, if only because it's so in line with how their fans act, which is the official team Instagram account will go into the comments and start chirping people, cursing them out, doing stuff like that, which is just, I mean, classic, hilarious. Uh, and they like easily clear a thousand likes on anything they post on Instagram pretty much. Uh, they, they just have the whole social media thing pretty well nailed down and a really good example of how to grow awareness of a program and then garner that rabid fan base. Again, SC fans are selling their football tickets to get hockey tickets, which is, I mean, wow. Uh, any players on SC in particular that, you kind of want to watch out for, or maybe this is a more of a team hockey kind of roster that you're looking at uh, thoughts on their coach, any, anything that fans should know going into this matchup. Yeah. I don't think they have like a single player that's just going to skate around our whole team and score. Um, but they have a lot of solid hockey players and I think they're pretty well coached. So um, you, you just kind of want to play a good defensive game. Uh, I think they kind of, Similar to us, I think they kind of have several lines that that buzz rather than just a couple standout guys, um, and so you kind of just want to make sure you play tight defensively and and uh, make sure that you're deep just throughout the lineup with everybody chipping in, um, playing defense. So, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's it's going to be a good matchup. It's they're they're they've been a good team I, this year. You know, they haven't been running over teams like like Georgia and FAU have um and so you know we're not as it we're excited to go in we we feel confident that we can uh, get a couple wins um but yeah we're we're looking forward to it for sure anytime you get the opportunity to play in an environment like the Plex you got to look forward to it we were talking before the show a little bit and you were saying you know, the energy in the building doesn't necessarily have to be negative for you. Sometimes you just get up a little different to play those games because you get infected with the energy and you're excited to go out there in front of a rowdy crowd. Uh, even if the crowd is, you know, chanting obscenities at you or talking about the way that your girlfriend looks, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just an interesting example of the different ways that hockey in the South can evolve down there in Columbia or rather up there in Columbia. Uh, and excited to see how you guys perform in that weekend series. Kind of moving on to the sort of last thing that I want to talk to you about today. Uh, you've grown up in Alabama playing youth hockey, which is an interesting tale of how you got involved in that and then also how you sort of turned that into a career at Auburn hockey. Um, can you kind of walk us through how you got into hockey for the first time and then the way that you worked your way through youth programs, because uh, playing in Alabama, not exactly an easy task. 
Right. No, I, this is probably the question that I get the most is, uh, you know, growing up in Alabama, like people on campus will ask me like, Oh, so you're like, you play club hockey. Like, like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm I'm just from Huntsville. You know, everybody expects me to be from up North or something. And, um, but a lot of people don't know that Huntsville's youth hockey has, has been good for a long time. And uh, there's a lot of good programs and a lot of good uh, coaches, uh, mainly because a lot of them come from the uh, NCAA, the formerly NCAA D1 team, the uh, UAH. Like a lot of the coaches will graduate and stick around and, uh, and coach. And then um, we have the Huntsville Havoc, which, uh, which has been around since, since the late 1990s. They were originally the Channel Cats. Um, but uh, so those guys that 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 uh finish their careers there will stick around and help around the rink and so you, what you see is a lot of well coached hockey and um a lot of kids that uh get into it because of the havoc and uh because of UAH and uh so you know we had uh you know Nick Dowd who plays for the Capitals uh came up in the same program and then uh Josh Kessner too who was signed um to the AHL by the Marlies um now plays in the KHL um, he actually led the coast in scoring in uh, the 1920 season, um, but he came up in the same program as well. So there's there's some guys that came up and made it, and nobody would have expected it um, from Huntsville. But everybody that's from Huntsville and uh, has a has a finger on the pulse of hockey in Huntsville understands that it's a it's actually a great place to grow up and play youth hockey. Yeah. You've got some great stories there, uh, and especially Nick Dowd, guy who plays in the NHL good NHL player too and I know he's he's a little bit of an Auburn fan too you recently enlightened me he had some brothers that went to Auburn uh we'll have to work on getting him some Auburn hockey merch or something for the for grand sure. for sure <laughs> but I mean Huntsville an underrated hockey hotbed within the southern climate that we're sort of looking at now everybody knows Nashville everybody knows Dallas everybody knows Florida um, even Atlanta gets a little bit no- more notoriety just because there was an NHL team there. And I think Huntsville doesn't necessarily get enough love. Uh, I've seen a lot of good players playing uh, youth hockey come out of Huntsville before just watching my brother's career unfold. So uh, awesome to hear about that. Great to hear about homegrown guys from Alabama going far. Uh, just a lesson to kids out there who want to play hockey in Alabama that if you work hard and you've got the ability, then you can go far. So uh, I always like to wrap up an interview segment with the question, what does Auburn mean to you? Would you like to go ahead and lay that out for us here? Yeah, Auburn has been amazing. I, you know, I've been here, this is my last year, and I'm, you know, I'm really sad to go um, when I graduate in the spring. I, it'll be, it'll be kind of really bittersweet. Um, it's been it's been family for me, and it's been really an opportunity for me to grow as a person, and provided that environment where I learned a lot about myself while I've been here, and um, and had and made really good friends um, and really great experiences. Uh, life's just a lot easier um, in Auburn um, as opposed to the other college towns I go visit. Um, they don't have the same feel. It's not as homey. Um, and it's not as comfortable and like the Auburn family really kind of invests into each other and looks out for each other. Whereas other, other schools might not do the same. And, uh, but it's been just a great experience here, uh, all my past three years. And then this year has been great so far. 
and um yeah i i, I can't imagine going to going to college anybody anywhere else so it's been it's been amazing and i'll uh, definitely have to come back for some football games after i graduate and some hockey games well thank you for that brandon thank you for that great interview in addition to that excellent answer to end the show always love to hear about how the players on the team feel about auburn everybody has different experiences here but almost all of them have been excellent uh this is a great school, great place to play hockey, but then also to just enjoy student life and grow as a person, as you said. So uh, love hearing those testimonies. That'll do it for our show this week. We will be back here in the Bradley Bateson studio at 3 o'clock next Tuesday, probably to talk about that South Carolina game again. Hopefully we'll have an interview for that one as well. But until then, I'm Eamon Smith. This has been Kicking Ice. Go watch some hockey. <laughs>